you're here. Hey, have you been stuck in your recovery before? Yes. Have you been stuck before? Not knowing what to do and you're stuck, right? Good message for us today. Let's get up for Ben. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, man. Hey, I'm Ben, grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for alcohol. Good to be with you guys tonight. Uh, you know, I was on vacation a couple weeks ago, and then last week I had a bunch of meetings, but man, just being here tonight was, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. And every week that I miss, uh, it's a little sad thing, but I get to be with you guys tonight, and it's just a blessing and privilege to be with you. Anyways, let me pray for us, and we'll get hopping into things. Lord, I am grateful for this place, for the way that you have worked in my life through it, and the way you continue to work. And I pray for those who are here this evening, that you would encourage them, that you would allow them to think deeply about who you are, and the recovery process that you have them on. Uh, thank you for for dying for us. Thank you for raising from the dead. What an incredible thing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You know, when I, when I first got here to recovery, I was terrified and all those things. Maybe you feel that way, maybe you don't. But they started talking about the 12 steps of recovery, and man, 12 steps. For me, that's a lot of steps. That's a lot of steps. I, I don't like that many steps. Quite honestly, I like things in twos, and I like things in threes. I really like threes for some reason. I mean, there's so many good things that come in threes when you think about it. The three amigos, you know? <laughs> three musketeers. Uh, you know, I was, I was even writing some down in my office. Wheels on a tricycle, there's three. Sides to a triangle. I mean, what's not more exciting than a triangle with three sides? Uh, three little piggies. Uh, man, three chipmunks. There's three rings on a binder. How many times in school did you snap that open and close? The three stooges. There are three colors on the U.S. flag. So many good things came come in threes. And so when I started thinking about 12 step, steps, I was like, oh, that's a lot of steps. It's a lot of steps, and tonight we have the privilege of talking about some of the reasons and some of the ways that we get stuck in our recovery. And not by accident, these are some of the ways that I found myself being stuck in my recovery. And maybe there'll be some reasons that you might find yourself stuck now, but even if you're new to recovery, these are reasons that we get stuck in life. And so this is applicable to every single area of our life. This is applicable to every person in this room or those of you who are watching online. And so when, I know Zach mentioned it at the very beginning, when I first was going over, it was seven reasons we get stuck. And you know me, I was like, man, that's a lot of steps. That's a lot of reasons we get stuck. And so I was talking with Pastor Scott and I said, Scott, and sometimes I'll come into my office, out of my office when he's in the hallway and I'll be like, Scott, and he already knows, like, something bad's going on, or not real bad. I said, seven is a lot, Scott. Can I, like, narrow it down? And he's like, you can do whatever you want, Ben. How many you want to narrow it down to? I'm like, three. I want to narrow it down to three. And so I've narrowed it down to three reasons we get stuck. So here we go. This is what we're going to talk about. Number one is we get stuck because we are unwilling to surrender. Unwilling to surrender. And in a couple ways... 
to the Lord and then to the 12-step process. I'm gonna mention a verse that I talk about all the time now, and I probably talked about it a couple times since I've been up here, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And you can take notes on the excerpt that's in your bulletin tonight if you'd like. You don't have to. But uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Let me read that part again. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I bring it up because it deals with surrendering. Surrendering to our Heavenly Father, to our higher power, which in Celebrate Recovery, we believe that to be Jesus Christ. And in surrendering to him, we are saying, your ways are better than mine. Your ways are higher than my ways, Lord. And so we surrender to him, or we try to surrender. We have lived a life doing things on our own, haven't we? Being our own God, our own commander, our own boss, doing what seems right, regardless of what it may cost us, or regardless of what it may cost to other people. And so when we surrender to the Lord in step three, what we're saying is, your ways make more sense than mine. And sometimes God may say, be honest, when you may not want to be. God may say, let it go, when you want to fight. God may say, keep coming back when you want to just run, run away. God may say, just sit down and be still when you think you need to be doing more or doing something else, or I should be doing this, or I shouldn't have done that. God may say, I am enough when you're searching for someone or something else. We need to surrender to the Lord, and sometimes we can get stuck in that process. We can get stuck on that step of step number three of just giving our lives to him. But we also sometimes struggle at surrendering to the 12-step process. The 12-step process. I'll be honest with you guys. I had no problem. I wrote it out. I was thinking about it. I had no problem admitting step one, two, three, six, seven, and 11. I did struggle, though, with four, five, eight, nine, 10, and 12. That's like I believed in the steps to like a 50% capacity. That's where I was. I don't know where you are tonight. But sometimes we balk at the process that God has us on. And I'll admit to you that when I first came into recovery, I was skeptical. I used to think, man, I don't want to just worship a process or a bunch of steps. Like, I want to worship the Lord. And then as I walked through the steps, as I was going through it, I realized that the reason they change lives is because it's about the redemption. It's about God's redemption of humanity. And I see God all through it and all in it. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. To keep in step means to, to, to walk behind someone, like follow the leader. I don't know if you guys ever played that game. But in order to get the place that, that God wanted me to be, I had to go through each step. He led me through those steps. Not skipping the hard ones, not skipping step four, five, and eight, 
Because when I started, when I heard people read the steps like the, the ladies did tonight, I heard them say four, five, and eight, and I was like, oh my gosh. If I go through these things, I'm gonna have to do that. I don't wanna do that. But you can't skip over one. Otherwise, it's, it's kind of like going to, to the gym, right? They have that joke, you know, if you go to the gym, you can't skip leg day, right? Otherwise, you'll have a huge upper body and super skinny legs, like walking on stilts. You have no foundation. And the same thing is true with the steps. They build upon each one. Which steps do you struggle with? And what area of your life are you struggling to surrender tonight? Second way that we get stuck, second reason we may get stuck is sometimes we're unwilling to accept. You may say, what am I unwilling to accept? That your sin is too big to be forgiven. It's not. It is not. That's nonsense, in fact. There's nothing too big that God cannot forgive. I think of Isaiah chapter one, verse 18, such an incredible verse. It says, come now, let us reason together says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. What a beautiful verse, isn't it? Though your sins are deep, wounding yourself and wounding others, God's saying, I can purify the situation. Though your sin has left stains, God says, I can use it for my glory. Sin, when you think about it, isn't it? It's such a punch in the throat, right? It seems so tantalizing and exciting, maybe. So luring. But it never leaves us fulfilled, does it? It leaves us feeling empty, dejected, shameful, feeling worthless at times, useless. And it's in that moment when God says, let's reason together. I can redeem this. I can make you white as snow. Accept his forgiveness. He can forgive whatever has taken place in your life. Don't walk around loathing, holding on to something that's not yours to hold on to. There's that saying that people say, uh, pride, pride comes before the fall. And sometimes it's pride that keeps us fallen. Sometimes it's pride and shame that, that keeps us down in the pit. And God has his hand out and he's reaching out. For it gives us the ability to forgive others um, of the way that they have hurt us. When we see the insurmountable mess really that God wades through to, to lavish his grace and mercy upon us, it gives us the ability to have empathy for other people and to forgive them for what's taking place. We can forgive him because God has worked in our hearts and resentment and hatred and bitterness and anger no longer make their homes within us. We forgive so that we no longer live in bondage. But there's a flip side to this, right? In a, in Accepting God's forgiveness and the ability to forgive others, we also have to be willing to accept our responsibility in certain situations. And let me be careful when I say that. 
some situations, some hurts, some things that have taken place in your life are not of your doing at all. I get that. The heinous and grotesque nature of sin sometimes wreaks havoc on our world and on our lives. And some are victims of abuse and hurt that has nothing to do with you. Even in those moments, though, God can allow you to forgive. And when I say that, I don't mean placing yourself right back in that same situation, because God gives us wisdom and discernment, of course. But God can allow you to forgive so that that resentment doesn't make a home within you, within your heart. None of us is responsible for all the things that have happened to us. But we are responsible, right, for our responses, for how we react in situations. And we can control those. But in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, we are responsible for a lot of the things that have happened. Or maybe I shouldn't say we. I am responsible for a lot of things that have happened. And I have to take responsibility for those. I can't go on blaming other people. Or saying, if the weather had been right, maybe it would have turned out different. No, Ben, come on. If it wouldn't have been raining, then... That's when you ask the Lord to do his searching and revealing in your life and your heart. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And surrendering to the Lord, we allow God to now become the barometer of our life. He is the measuring stick. He is the one who reveals. He leads us. I used to wonder in recovery when I was coming and starting to work the steps, I used to always think, man, why does it seem like everybody else is moving so much faster? And people have things all together. And of course, I was comparing what I know about myself to what I don't know about other people, like we always do. But that's not the barometer of my life or of your life. It's not the measuring stick as you work through the steps. The Lord is. And the Lord will move you at the pace that he sees fit. I see this all the time with spouses too because spouses move at different paces. And one spouse thinks, I'm moving right along, so you should be following right along too. It doesn't work that way. We move at a different pace as the Lord leads. It is our job just to keep in step with the Spirit, to follow the leader, right? He is the one we seek to please. He is the one who we are to, lead, to, to live for. Even going to church, right? We follow one leader, and that's Jesus. The pastors and the parishioners, we all follow one person. We follow Jesus, and we sense his leading on our life as individuals. All right, last way we get stuck. Okay, first you got uh, unwilling to, let me look at my notes so I don't mess them up again. Unwilling to surrender and unwilling to accept. And now sometimes we're unwilling to engage. And I love that word engage for some reason. I just There's so many things, so many movies and things that I think about when I think of engage. I think of Kevin Costner in For Love of the Game when he's getting ready to throw a pitch and he says, engage the mechanism. (laughs) Things narrow in. But I also think of another clip and I was like, I think I'm going to add it in this one because it'd be fun. So let's see if it works. Go ahead and hit it. 
<clears throat> so, how about you, Vi? How's school? Nothing to report. You've hardly touched your food. I'm not hungry for meatloaf. Well, it is leftover night. We have steak, pasta. What are you hungry for? Tony Reidinger. Shut up. <laughs> well, you are. I said shut up, you little insect. Well, she is. Do not shout at the table. Honey? Kids, listen to your mother. She'd eat if we were having Tony loaf. That's it. Hey, oh, This isn't hitting home for too many people right now. Okay. Superhero rights is missing. Gazer beam. Bob, it's time to engage. Do something. Don't just stand there. I need you to intervene. You want me to intervene? Okay. I'm intervening. Ah, yes. I think you could use that clip for like. 14 different topics. I, I mean, there's so many things. It's full of, of metaphors and such. But, man, unwilling sometimes to engage. And when you say engage, unwilling to participate, to, to, to be involved or time to tune in. And we need to engage. So long we have only engaged those things that we thought were of value. Now we have a different measuring stick, a different barometer of our life, and the Lord establishes what is valuable. And sometimes we fail to engage, and by engaging, we fail to listen sometimes to the Holy Spirit and what he's prompting and leading us to do. And the Lord establishes what's valuable. And the Lord is all about his glory, and he is also about people. He's about people. And I believe in order to surrender to the process and to the Lord, we have to engage with others. And specifically, we need to have that support team. We need to have that group of people that are around us who are encouraging, who are challenging, who are uplifting. Many times we come here as lone rangers, right? Looking to try and figure things out on our own. Or I did. I was like, tell me about this 12-step process and I'm going to figure it out on my own. And God's like, slow down, man. You don't know what you're doing right now. You got a long trek ahead of you, and it's only going to work if you pursue and follow me. We have already figured out that just living life on our own doesn't always work. We need the Lord's help and the help of others. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I love when people are say, I don't read the Bible because it's so hard to understand. And this verse helps me understand it because it's very clear. It says, if you walk with the wise, you become wise. But if you hang out with fools, you become fools. We need to be with other people. We need to be around those who build us up not tear us down. And perhaps, this is kind of a side note, perhaps the one who is tearing you down the most lives in your skin. Perhaps the one who tears you down the most is you. And so that's why we need to engage with others. 
but that also reveals some of the hindrance and why we fail to engage. Some of us may be paralyzed by the fear of failure. Maybe all your relationships with friends and people in the past have failed. Maybe you think it might happen again. Maybe you fear intimacy because of the fear of rejection or being hurt again. You have tried being vulnerable to people and it didn't work out very well with you in the past because you were hurt. Maybe you resist change in general. Maybe you resist growth in general because of the fear of the unknown. Because you don't know what it's like to live in a healthy relationship. I remember when I started becoming completely transparent about my life. Oh my goodness. What an exciting but terrifying moment all at the same time. When my wife would ask me, what are you thinking right now? When in the past I'd be like, I'm thinking nothing. (laughs) All of a sudden I'd share with her what I was thinking and I was afraid. Would she think, oh man, you're, you're a total baby, Ben. I can't believe you're thinking that. Oh, or disgusted that I was, or whatever I was thinking. And she didn't think that. And most people don't think those things. Especially if you're in a group of people who are seeking to honor the Lord and to lift you up. It's crazy that many days we will stay stuck in our current mess because we know what it's like rather than going into the unknown with the possibility of God doing miraculous things. We'd rather just stay stuck in the mess like a pig in a playpen, right? We'd rather stay there because we're familiar with it. But in the meantime, man, our life is being sucked away because we are missing all the incredible things that God may have in store for you. Not easy things, probably. Hard things, enjoyable things, fulfilling things. But we need to engage with other people. God's ways are not our own ways, right? As you read through the Bible, you will see that. Many times God asks people to go left when they think they should go right and vice versa. Some people change jobs. Some people change mates and friends at the drop of the hat, right? But never think of changing themselves. God's word tells us in Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Your own mind can take you captive. Your own experience, your memories of the past, whatever has gone on can keep you trapped And so we come to this place and we hear about redemption and we hear the steps and the process and the journey that people have been on. And it gives us hope and it gives us the ability to walk with purpose and seeking to honor and glorify the Lord. Your life is meant for incredible things. Maybe you already know that. Maybe you're experiencing the blessings of the Lord. Awesome. I was talking with quite a few people this last week, week or two, and I was sharing with them the same thought that I get to share with you. And as I read through the Old Testament and the New Testament, 
There's great stories of people doing miraculous things as the Lord leads them to. But then there's other stories you read about and, oh my goodness, it sounds like my life. I was talking with some people and I said, I, I just think of the story of Isaac and Rebecca and their two kids and how the dad favored one kid and the mom favored the other kid and one kid was deceiving the other kid and then he got left the house for 14 years and then it, just a disaster when you think about it. But when we read it, we go, God used these people, these patriarchs, and unfolding the story of his redemption for humanity. And if God can do that with those people, he surely can do the same thing with us. Your lives play a part in God unfolding his story to this world. That's a miraculous thing. That's an incredible thing. And part of the process is the joy that we have of walking through the steps. You may find yourself stuck in certain ones tonight or in the past, or you may find yourself stuck at certain steps as you work through them. Keep going. Keep going. It's going to be hard. You didn't get this way overnight. By overnight, it's not going to happen and change. You got to work it. Work it. Work those steps. So I'm going to pray in a few moments, but the, the question I have for you guys tonight, um, and, and it's always so hard writing these questions at times because I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you're going to lead it, and I don't know what you're going to do in people's lives. And, and God may be speaking to you in whatever way, and you can try to stick to this focus question in your open share group, and that's great. But if God is telling you something else and you feel like, man, I need to share what God is speaking to me about, then share that. Of course, using the same guidelines that we always use in our open share groups. But the, the focus question is, and for those listening online, what is the most common sticking point for you in recovery? Or, or even where, where are you stuck right now? Maybe you're stuck now. And that's okay. Sometimes it's good to admit those things. But like I said, it's good being with you guys. Let me pray for us, and we'll, we'll read this serenity to prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for these folks in this room. Thank you for their recovery and how it helps mine. And again, for this great place where you changed my life, and you continue to change my life. And I need it. I need these folks in this room. I, I need to be in here consistently asking myself... Um, where am I lacking? Where am I getting stuck right now? But just thank you for the blessing that it is to, to look at your word and to look at the steps. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand and read the steps together and then we'll head off to our open share groups. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and next. Amen. 
Amen. We'll see you guys in group.